Welcome to the Jack Duff Lee Show, a weekly podcast exploring investing, real estate, the markets, law, technology, and everything in between. Here's your host, Jack Duffley. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Good to have you here with me today. Before we get into today's episode, just have a couple of reminders as always. The first is to leave reviews on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, since the more five-star reviews we can get, the more people will be exposed to the show, and that is always a good thing. The second reminder is uh, there is still time to join the early readers group for the One Property Retirement, which is the book that I'll be publishing at the end of August. It's about a simple strategy for building wealth and real estate and building a retirement nest egg by using a very simple real estate investment strategy. It's great for beginners who may be completely unfamiliar with real estate and the power it has and how you can invest in it to really build wealth over the long term. It gives you a very step-by-step guide on how to execute a very simple strategy. So if you guys are interested in that and want to help me out with the book, you can check out jackduffley.com slash OPR book to join my early readers list where you can give me feedback on the current draft. And if you do that, I'll be able to incorporate it into the final draft and you will get a free copy of that final draft when I finally get around to publishing it. But I do need that feedback first. So the more people can join this early readers group, the better, since I'd love to get your feedback before we actually get to the final product. Again, you get a free copy if you help me out. That's jackduffley.com slash OPR book. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. With me today is Brian Kearney of Awesome Pros, which is a remote worker startup. And he and I actually met back at the University of Illinois a number of years ago now. And we both studied history there and we were at the same dorm, so we got to know each other then. But Brian's been in a bunch of different entrepreneurial ventures since then and even before then. Definitely would love to get into that. But Brian, if you don't mind just introducing yourself for our audience and letting them know a little bit more about what you're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jack. Um, yeah, so I, as Jack said, met, met him at the University of Illinois, studied history, um, planning to go into law school like Jack. Um, but then I decided law school is not for me. I just wanted to make money. Um, so <laughs> just started to go into entrepreneurial ventures. Um, been doing that since high school, and I, I love it. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. What was your first venture? You said you started in high school? Yeah, yeah. So my first actual business was in high school. Um, I actually found a picture about two months ago, though, that I I actually started at like five. Um, (laughs) I was flipping and selling my toys. Um, So there's a little, I had a little picture um, that apparently I put on the side of the street that said toys, five cents. Um, I was trying to draw people into my house to buy them. Um, I don't think it works very well. But that was my first one. What your parents think about selling their toys for five cents a pop? <laughs> well, they took a picture of it, so they must have, they must have proved. <laughs> yeah. And then what so, happened after that? Yeah, so after that, my uh, entrepreneurial uh, bug died out for a while. I mean, I would always you know, trade and sell Pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards and all the baseball cards and all that type of stuff. Um, but nothing structured until high school. I actually found out that um, I would have to be figuring out how to pay for it. Um, It was not going to happen by doing uh, hourly wages. Uh, When I looked at making $8.50 an hour and the price of college in Illinois, I'm like, there's there's no way that that's going to work. Um, So I looked at my skills, saw what can I do. Um, I actually was 
able to do this really weird skill um, and I could make really high quality rosaries. It's like a Catholic prayer item. Um, I started because my sister made one for my dad and it was terrible and I wanted to make a better one. Um, so I did. Uh, and then I started making them and brought them to Uganda when I went on a mission trip there. Uh, came back and this was all around the same time. Uh, I knew I had to do something to make money. I had these rosaries. I just got back from Uganda. I'm like, let's merge them. Uh, so I created an Etsy shop and for every rosary I sold, I donated a portion of that to the like one room schoolhouse I worked at in Uganda. Um, throughout the six and a half, almost seven years now, we've actually been able to help them build uh, four buildings. Uh, so it's it's been really uh, incredible for both of us. Yeah, wow. Uh, but that was that was the start. And is that still going on right now, that rosary business? Yeah, good question. Um, so it is. I actually found a partner that right now we are testing the waters to see if he is able and wants to take it over. And then we'll settle on a price and I'll owner finance it. So he'll pay off a certain amount. Uh, and then he'll have an X percentage. I'll have X percentage and we'll split the profits. Um, so it works for both of us. He's in a government job that uh, sometimes bores him. Uh, he <laughs> wants to be an entrepreneur. And this is a great way for both of us to, to really meet the goals we want. Now, these rosaries, maybe mm -hmm. up until now, were you, you were making them all yourself throughout <laughs> it? Or did you get, yeah. were you buying them from a supplier? Like, how, how did, it sounds like you yeah. took this to scale at some sort, if you were able to help yeah. out this community <laughs> in Uganda that much. Right. So, how did you right. kind of ramp it up from you just making them yourself? Or did you keep making them yourself? Right. Yeah, no, great question. Um, so, I actually did keep making them myself. Um, because my hourly wage was so high because my margin was pretty decent. Um, it was hard to find something where else where I can make $110 an hour as a college student. <laughs> um, so I'm like, I'm just going to keep making these for now. Um, I probably could have paid someone $20 an hour to do it. Um, but I didn't want to deal with it. I was in college. Uh, I created the business as more of a lifestyle business. Um, so I was able to scale, like you said, but I would just put in more work those weeks. If one week I had to work 70 hours, um, I would just not go to class and do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you did basically everything yourself. How, how did this partner you have come in? Did you approach them or vice versa? Um, so he's actually someone else I met uh, at U of I. He was an uh, RA at the same dorm we were at. Mm -hmm. uh, and I knew he wanted to get into business, into being an entrepreneur. Uh, and I approached him. Um, I saw <laughs> he's more organized than me. Uh, so I'm a great entrepreneur. I can think of ideas. I can get them started. Uh, but I'm just not organized. Um, I know that's, that's sure. my, it's a huge weakness. Um, he is organized. Um, so I knew he'd be able to do better than I could with inventory. My margin was high enough that it was very, it was very forgiving. <laughs> um, but he'll be able to scale it really well. Um, I saw that and approached him and he agreed. And if, are you guys looking to get any employees or bring on additional partners to take it to an even higher level or just kind of keeping it between you guys for now? Yeah. So right now, um, we are keeping it between the two of us, um, but he will eventually be hiring people to make the rosaries. Um, that's something he's already very interested in. Um, I said, hey, I'm, I'm supportive. If you want to deal with it and train them and, and make sure they're working, I'm, I'm all about it. So 
right now it'll just be us, but yeah, in the future, um, we also might be hiring one of my remote workers to, uh, do some social media stuff. We'll see. <laughs> sure. And it does, is that all still through Etsy or do you have your own website or anything like that? So Etsy is where we started. And then I got annoyed with the slice of the pie they were taking. <laughs> um, every time you list something, you have to pay 20 cents. And it's like two and a half cents on top of that. I was just getting annoyed, to be honest. Uh, so I learned how to use Shopify. Um, and that was about five years ago. So it was relatively early in Shopify's journey. Um, so yeah, I learned how to do that market to my website rather than having Etsy bring customers to me. Uh, learned very, very basic HTML just to make everything match. Um, yeah. So now you have a Shopify store and all your, all your sales go through there. I'm assuming you're not going door to door or anything crazy like that. It's all, it's all through that <laughs> uh, storefront. Right. So all through that storefront, a little bit of wholesale. Um, so we have a few big accounts where uh, a couple of them might buy two or 300 rosaries a year. Um, but for the most part, it's direct to consumer because I like the margin, to be honest. Yeah, and I'd, I'd assume shipping costs for a little rosary probably wouldn't be very high, so you can you can nope. afford to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I realized, what's the name of, of the, the business if someone wants to check out your website and, and learn more about it? Yeah, so it's called Bishop Sheen Rosaries, and it is sheenrosaries.com. So S-E-H-E-E-N rosaries.com. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's been a journey for sure. Yeah, but apparently not your only journey, since I know that's no. <laughs> you're not running it completely right now. You're kind of right. you're kind of overseeing right now because yeah. you're currently working on another venture. And uh, mm -hmm. if you could tell us a little more about that one, yeah, yeah. So that venture came out of this whole crisis we're in. Um, I was working at a, at a venture backed startup. Uh, it was invested in by some really big companies. Uh, the main one was called First Round Capital. Uh, they've invested in things like Uber, Airbnb, so some pretty big names. Uh, yeah, you don't <laughs> and say. And <laughs> so I trusted the company. Um, they're doing really cool things in the ag space. They're basically creating a marketplace for farmland leasing, uh, which is just an incredibly inefficient market. I mean, disgustingly inefficient sometimes. Um, they're doing really cool things, but this whole virus hit, uh, and their financing got a little shaky. Their next round of capital wasn't able to close as quickly as they thought they had to make some more runway. So they let off a, a large portion of the team. Uh, most of the people outside of the city of Chicago, uh, they kept a couple inside salespeople, their marketers, their coders, that type of stuff, just to keep the website running. Uh, and they're just holding out until they get their next round. Um, but that left me in a predicament because I was an outside salesperson in charge of Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and a little bit of Michigan. Um, so I had to figure out what to do. Uh, speaking to a buddy, and he had an idea to create a remote employee startup. Um, he had been hiring workers predominantly from the Philippines to help run his podcast. Uh, which is like a, a large business podcast called, called How to Be Awesome at Your Job. Um, and these employees that he was hiring are just world-class. Uh, when I was looking at the content they were creating, uh, I thought it was better than most college graduates I've seen write. Um, we actually tested them against Northwestern Medill journalism students, which 
you know, our, it's number one journalism school in the country and our pros wrote better content. Um, so I knew there was something there. Uh, when he said that we would charge him out at 1175, I was certain there was something there. Uh, he asked me to run the company because he has a podcast that's going really well. When you've got 13 million downloads, you don't want to stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but right. this was such a good idea. He had to, had to figure out a way. Um, so he's funding it right now and I'm running it and it's, it's a journey. Uh, we're creating something much bigger than I've created before, but that's also really exciting. Um, yeah. And cool. how big's that team that you have there? So it's, it's you, the true founder. I, I don't know if you'd consider yourself a co-founder here, but is it just you guys? I'm a, do you have some sort of infrastructure as well? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So first off, I would consider myself a co-founder. Okay, he great. He <laughs> hadn't rented out any of these employees. He just had the idea. Um, he's like, look, I'm good at hiring remote workers. I'm really good at it. And I'm like, well, I'm really good at sales. So let's work together. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing where you could take skill sets from multiple areas, yes. but, but go on. Yes. Yeah. So it is the two of us. Um, he... Uh, works on it more part-time and I'm full-time in it. And then we actually hired two interns from the University of Illinois. Um, they are uh, TNM uh, interns. So they're really high quality talent. They're brilliant. Um, and they right now are kind of helping us work through our marketing and our cold email strategy. Um, we're really quantifying what's working uh, with the idea that once we figure it out, we can hand it off to one of our workers in the Philippines. Um, so they can be working, uh, basically selling themselves. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, and that really, then you start to get scale when we can start hiring two or three salespeople there. Um, that that'll be huge. Yeah. We were talking about it beforehand, uh, before the mm -hmm. show, uh, about the size of the Philippines alone. It's a, it's over a yeah. hundred million people, which I did not realize. I know it's a big Island chain, <laughs> but that is, uh, it's very dense there. So there's a yeah. ton of people there and obviously a ton of talent as well that oh, can yeah. be tapped into. And it's a lot of English speaking talent too. So obviously a big market in the U S so what, what is the, what's the model look like then you, if you find these people in the Philippines and you'll pay them some rate, and then do, is it like just a per hour thing that US based people pay? Do they pay a fee and then get unlimited hours? You know, what, what's that look like? Um, so how that works is we find the talent in the Philippines, as you said, um, and we basically rent them out on a contract basis. So we'll find a client who says, I need someone to produce content or right now our niche is really um, show notes for podcasts because that's what we know. Um, it's, it's easy to find transcription services, but someone who can write really engaging show notes, that's a different caliber of language uh, proficiency than just transcripts. So we're fulfilling that niche right now. Um, yeah, what we do is we pay them a certain wage um, and we pay them about what oil and gas engineers make in the Philippines. So we're paying them very, very well. Um, so we get the cream of the crop. That's the idea. Uh, right now we're going through hiring a new one. We've had 400 applicants, um, to go to the next stage of our process. We only chose 15 of them. Um, and we'll end up maybe taking two. So two out of those 400, so you can see how selective it is, but that's because we pay well. 
Um, so we do that and then we charge 11.75 to our clients. Uh, that is based on a certain number of hours. What I do right now is I speak to that podcaster or YouTuber or whatever it is. Um, we see what they need to outsource in their business and then we do one job for free. So at that point, we'll, they'll see the value and we'll know how many hours to charge. Um, after that, we'll just basically rent out that number of hours per week, whether it's eight or 20 or 40, or if they need a couple people, it'll be 60 or 70. Um, and that is an ongoing basis. So the reason they like that is because right now we just do podcast show notes. My vision for it is that we're going to have bookkeepers, we're going to have coders, we're going to have people who can write English, we're going to have accountants, uh, we're going to have marketers, and they'll be able to treat it as a kind of a buffet. So maybe they buy 80 hours a week and they're like, you know what, I want 10 hours of marketing, 10 hours of bookkeeping, 10 hours of this, 10 hours of that. Um, so they can treat it more like the Amazon web service type where it's grow and shrink as you need. And that just opens up an entire new world of hiring for small business owners. Um, so yeah, that's our goal. So I, I just want to make sure I heard it correctly. I think you said you offer a free job basically to a new yep. client and they get to try yep. it out first. Is that right? Yep. So, exactly. See that that's, I think that's awesome. And I'm sure you do as well because you're, you are immediately providing value and building trust yep. with, especially yep. when you're a startup and don't have that brand recognition that, that a larger staffing agency might have or remote worker startup, as you call it. <laughs> um, since, <Yep. laughs> um, that, that is a great way for any business, I think, to really get your foot in the door. Sure. It takes your time, but the whole thing takes time. So you get, you kind of get your foot in the door and then you build trust and, and get to the scale that you're, you're alluding to because there's a, it's a, Labor's, labor's a market. Labor's a very large market, and there's always a need for high-quality talent. So what's kind of your next step then? It's still pretty new. You're still pretty young in the process here. So what, what kind of stage are you at, and what are the immediate steps after that? Yeah, yeah. So the immediate steps right now are proving out the model more. Um, we have clients, and our clients love our our services, but I want to really prove it out before we start getting to the stage where we look at angel investments or series A um, to see if that is our next step. It's quite possible that we are able to just cash flow it ourselves and we don't have to take the, uh, the startup route. So that will be the decision that my co-founder Pete and I really have to figure out um, whether there's kind of two views of it. You know, there's the Reed Hoffman blitz scaling. Like you just got to put as much, get as much money as you can, grow as quickly as you can. And that is kind of the startup model. Then there's kind of the other model, which is I'm kind of comparing two books. So one is called Built on Bedrock and it's companies that have been around for hundreds of years. And usually they, they cash flow themselves. Um, they grow slowly uh, and with purpose. So we've got to decide which type of company we want to be. Do we think this is something where we can go slowly with purpose and it'll be around for 500 years? Or do we think it's something where we really have to get as big as we can as quickly as we can? Then we'll need money. Um, and in 10 years, if the market starts to change, we can pivot. Um, pull like an IBM where they've 
pivoted like six times and each time they've been brilliant at it. Um, so that's where we'll have to look. It sounds like you're leaning towards that sort of built on bedrock model at the moment. Obviously that could change where you're, you're trying to self fund as much as possible and wait as long as possible till you have just an amazing foundation before you, you grow up from there. Did I get that right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, the stronger the foundation, the more we can deal with, um, well, things like what we've seen right now. Um, so if, if you're blitz scaling, uh, and all of your growth is built on more money coming in, that's great when the market's doing well, when the market starts to get a little shaky and money stops coming in, then you're in trouble. Um, So we'll have to see. We'll really have to see what our plan is. Hey, listeners, don't forget that you can get three free stocks by signing up for free accounts on Webull and Robinhood. Both of them are free stock brokerages with commission-free trades, including options trading for those of you looking to hedge your portfolio or make exorbitant bets on the stock market. In all seriousness, by signing up for Webull, you can get a stock worth up to $1,400 when you sign up. You can get a stock worth up to $200 when you sign up with Robinhood. It's risk-free money, people, so go and get it. You can close your accounts right after getting the stocks if you really want to, so definitely check them out and get your free money before it's too late. Back to the show. So how has your business fared in this time period? Obviously, a lot of businesses are in big trouble right now, but it seems like there's always a need for good talent, like I suggested. Have you fared all right through it? Sounds like you're doing doing pretty well. Yeah, we've, we've fared very all right. Um, so we've only been trying to sell for the past two months. Before that, we were figuring out our process. Right now, we're just doing cold emails, which honestly is kind of the, the least effective form of marketing, but it's cheap, it's free. Um, so we're able to test out the idea free um, or relatively free, it's just my hours, which I count as free at this point. Um, so that is working very well um, because the market right now is, is becoming more comfortable with hiring remote workers. And it's a very small step from a New York company hiring someone in central Illinois from a New York company hiring someone in the Philippines. Honestly, there's no difference to them. Um, it's both over the internet. But the cool part about the Philippines, especially for single business owners, is when you're ending for your day, they're starting. So your day just went from a 9 to 5 to a 9 to 3 a.m. Um, and that's pretty huge. That's a huge advantage. Um, so that's it's been working, yeah. And not to mention, you do get a different perspective uh, depending yeah. on what kind of talent you're hiring. And uh, it's, it's always good not to have a super homogeneous team. You have yeah. people from all over the world contributing that even if right. it's a rudimentary task, like, like right. creating show notes, but right. it's still an important task. Nonetheless, that you want to make sure you're doing it right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. So even though you're in this, this rough time for most people, it's really kind of the golden age of remote work and there's a lot of opportunity in the space because of that. So hopefully you'll fare well and this will be amazing for changing consumer preferences or business preferences towards remote work. So long term, where do you see it going? Do you want to get to that gigantic scale or are you just trying to get to a certain level and then you'll call it quits, cash out, do whatever you want? 
Yeah, that that is a good question. Um, so that's something that I don't know that we've put a lot of thought into at this point. We just see a challenge and a problem and we're trying to fix it. Um, whether we grow to a certain size and get bought out by a company that wants, you know, 30 really talented remote workers. Uh, I don't know. I can't say that right now. Um, I think it would have to be a pretty good offer because the market is such that it could be a very large company. Um, that will also be part of the blitz scaling or bedrock. If it's built on bedrock and Pete and I both own 50% of it, I mean, if we have a $100 million company, that's really solid. If we're blitz scaling, we'd have to get bigger than that. For VC funding, they pretty much want a company that has the potential to get to a billion dollars. That'll be what we have to toss around. Um, right now, we don't know if the market's big enough to make that investment worth it. And both of us are of the mind that if we do get investment, we're going to take care of them. So we have to make sure it can't reach that. Sure. And I mean, obviously it's not a priority right now. The priority right. is doing exactly <laughs> what you're doing, which is building a foundation, providing value. It's right. always going to be providing value, but it's even more so right now as you're trying to build trust. So it makes a lot of sense, but I, I always like to ask that sort of thing whenever talking with entrepreneurs, since usually you think about these end game strategies, because you never know when an offer might cross your table and you're like, oh, Maybe we should take that, but if you haven't thought about it, then it could be a little weird, but. Exactly. So Brian, just a couple questions before we wrap up. I like to ask every single guest. The first one being, if you have a book recommendation and that can be in any genre. So what do you got for us? So my favorite business book ever is also a really simple read, um, but it is a just brilliant concept. Um, it's called The One Thing by Gary Keller. Uh, it basically talks about the Pareto principle that 80% of your outcome is going to come from 20% of your output. So when you find that 20% and get rid of the rest of your output, your business can scale, uh, with a lot less effort. Um, so yeah, that it's just, it's just an incredible book. It's written so eloquently. Um, it's, it's succinct and it's what every business book should be. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is. It's a pretty quick read, but it's a simple, powerful concept. Like you, like you're suggesting. I am, I am actually a little surprised you didn't say four hour work week, given all yeah. this talk about remote work, but, right. <laughs> but that's for another, they're, they're both good. Yeah, that, <laughs> um, that's number two. That's number two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But both, both great books, but yeah, the one thing is is definitely a good one for thinking about how to how to specialize basically and cut out the fat and really focus on what you're great at um and then finally just if you have any contact information if our listeners want to reach out to you learn a little bit more about what you're doing maybe they're interested in contacting awesome pros where can they reach out where can they reach out yeah so they can reach me at brian at awesomepros.co um or just Go to the website, um, awesomepros.co, and um, any of those chat boxes, any contact form, I will eventually get. <laughs> All right. Sounds great. Well, Brian, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's great to see that you're having some really good success in multiple ventures now, and it's always great to see entrepreneurs taking risks to provide value and fill a need where 
some people might not even see a need and then they realize there is one there and it's great to see that you're making moves in the space. So thanks, Brian. And I look forward to having you back on the show, maybe many months from now to see where you guys are at. But thanks again. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for listening to the Jack Duffley show. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss any new episodes. For more content on personal finance, real estate, and other topics, check out jackduffley.com.